Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Big news, peers. It's our fifth year anniversary and we're so excited to be celebrating by running a London podcast tour and interviewing the most influential entrepreneurs that London has to offer. Cheers to five years, peers. We hope you enjoy. Dune, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for our 2022 London podcast tour. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. You know, and you and I recently connected, and of course I already knew about the incredible work you're doing, inspiring and advancing women in progress is the way that you put it, with the Female Startup Club. So I think it's so cool that we get to connect here in London town to Aussies um, <laughs> and just have a chat about you and your life and your business. Yes, and you've caught me just before I'm moving back to Australia, funnily enough, which is so fun. Love that we've connected over here. <laughs> I know. So good. So good. Amazing. So look, Dune, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Well, I'm Dune. I'm the founder and host of Female Startup Club, which is, I guess now we call it like a modern media company. Our mission is to impact small business owners, entrepreneurs, women in progress, future entrepreneurs, all that kind of good stuff all over the world. But it really started as a place of creative joy, just an outlet, started from the bedroom floor a couple of years ago, just had no clue about podcasting, no clue about public speaking, no clue about nothing, (laughs) basically, and just started it as a passion project. And it's grown into this podcast that impacts thousands of people all over the world. We have a private community of early stage entrepreneurs who are building CPG, consumer packaged goods brands. We have a book that's come out. We are launching a new tool for entrepreneurs. It's all it's all a vibe. Oh. It's really cool. <laughs> it's all happening. It's, all, it's happening. all a vibe. Oh, I love that, dude. And it's just so cool that it's global and that you built it over in a different country here in the UK. And I can't wait to dive deeper into your work and your journey. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, whereabouts in Oz did you grow up? And <laughs> how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and your career so far? Oh my gosh, where did I grow up? Where to start? (laughs) So my life looks really different now to what it looked like growing up. I grew up in the middle of the bush in absolute nowhere. It's a place called Mount Colliery, which is on the side of a mountain, grew up on the side of a creek, dirt road, dirt poor, like all the things. And it's funny because it's one of those stories where I used to be a really ashamed and have a lot of embarrassment about how I grew up because my life looked a lot different to the people around me and to my friends when I was like a bit older in life. And 
my mom was this like single mom raising her only baby, you know, trying to survive in the best way that she could. And so, you know, no electricity, no running water, like living off the land, outdoor toilet, like all the things, like so different. And it wasn't until, you know, recent years when I was able to kind of like look back in hindsight and really appreciate my lifestyle and where my life began because it was so unique and it was so different, but it taught me so much grit, perseverance, hustle, and also like watching this amazing woman just, you know, get out there and just get shit done basically (laughs) kind of put some weird hustle gene into me. So yeah, my life started quite differently. And it wasn't until I was given an opportunity to go away to get further education in in Brisbane that I was able to compare my life and realize what the power of, you know, education can do for someone, what the power of money can do for people, what that means to have wealth and kind of, you know, decide, oh, like I actually do have dreams for myself. I aspire to have a certain lifestyle for myself, for my future children, for my future life. And it kind of kicked off that feeling of like, I want more and I'm going to go out and achieve it. Wow. What a story. I guess, you know, growing up with all of that, with so little and just your outlook on the world, I can imagine as a young child would have been so different to perhaps so many of our peers out there listening, but also so similar to so many. You know, back then, what did you love to do as a child you know how did you see the world and moving to Brisbane at what point do you think that shift happened within you where you thought wow I actually can make something of myself so when I was little my life was very focused on nature it was very outdoors it was very just like going with the flow enjoying yourself like you know all normal happy kid stuff and I actually don't remember like in my younger kind of years having a lot of dreams or aspirations. I didn't really know about the world or things like that. And it wasn't until I kind of went to boarding school that I started to form ideas about what I wanted to do with my life. And I think at that time, especially when I was younger, I was really creative. I felt really like not sure of a direction. I just said, I don't remember having like dreams and aspirations. I just didn't really understand where I fit into the picture. And when I went away to school, it was really academic and I wasn't an academic. So I also didn't see myself in the typical career paths. And like today, when was that? That was like 2004, such a long time ago. It's so different today. The internet has changed everything. There's so many opportunities to find free resources or mentors or like things to see different pathways to careers and different alternative jobs and things like that. But at the time I was in this academic school and I was like, oh, doctor, no, lawyer, no, scientist, no. Like all the subjects just didn't really apply to me. I excelled in art, I excelled in drama and like outdoor sports. (laughs) But like, you know, I didn't see myself fitting in. And so it was a tough one because I couldn't, I couldn't put the, you know, you go and see a career counsellor. And everyone would be like, mm, I don't know. like, I don't, you know, not, not that sure. harsh, but like, I just couldn't put those pieces together. It's funny. I started to form a vision of a media company. I was looking at magazines and fashion glossies and being like, oh, this is really cool. I want to work in fashion. Like, that's my dream. And I was getting really obsessed with like Harper's Bazaar and like the editor at the time. And it wasn't until I finished school, I. I think I got to sub out some subjects and go and do a creative kind of 
program at a design college. And that was what started that process of being like, oh, like I could actually work in fashion by, you know, going down this different route of design and creativity and et cetera. And that's where it all started, kind of taking that different direction. I love that you talk about taking a different direction because I feel like as entrepreneurs, that's what we do, you know, and even as aspiring entrepreneurs or those of us who just don't feel like the traditional path is right for us. For our peers out there listening who perhaps also didn't fit into a box, didn't really know what they were going to pursue, perhaps they still don't know, you know, it's so hard to know. How do we know these things? You know, what advice would you give to us around being okay with the unknown and also kind of navigating your way through to finding your path? I think the thing is you need to try so many different things. It's not about like waiting for like this one genius light bulb moment. It's about being like, let's throw 50 things at the wall and see what sticks because you've got to do things that you don't like to figure out the things that you do like. And it's a process of iteration. It's a process of being like, I'm going to start this business hate it, going to shut it down, going to start this business, going to try it over here, see what happens and find out like what you enjoy doing day to day, what you excel at, what you're not so great at, what you want to improve at and just kind of like building from there and you're always kind of iterating and and kind of stacking on top of each other to find the thing that lights you up. And I think for me, you know, I've tried so many different things and I've gone out and gotten myself experience in so many different ways. And I've tried to be really creative in my approach to like getting what I want out of a career and a job and a, you know, a business and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes you you try that thing and you realize, oh, this kind of sucks. I actually don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy that element of that job. And so I'm not going to do that anymore, but I'm glad I did it because now I know. And then I, you know, kind of change a little shuffle in a different direction and, and go over here. And I think My advice is to try more, throw stuff at the wall, see how you go. Throw stuff at the wall. I love that. But it can be so, so tough, Dune, to put yourself out there, to keep trying, to keep and just, you know, getting back up. Like I feel like so many times if I think back to my journey, early stage in business, early stage of just career, you're just kind of like, what? Why am I trying so hard? Why am I trying so many different things, but nothing is sticking? You know, for you, what would you say to that in terms of kind of when you feel like you're just at your wits end and you're like, come on, surely something's got to stick. You know, how do we navigate through those tough times? Firstly, still experience that all the time, all the damn time. I want things to move 10 times faster. I want things to be, you know, here tomorrow. I would say the thing that keeps me kind of going, and especially if I'm having a low day or just not feeling like on my game, is just think about the 1%. The 1% method is just like do that 1% thing that just pushes you forward a tiny step. I think we often get caught up in like the goal and the North Star, which is like five years away or 10 years away. Actually, yes, it's good to have it over here, like floating around and you should have it in your kind of vision-ish, but actually focus on the day-to-day, focus on that compound effect of just taking one tiny action, one tiny step. And then in five years time, you're going to look back and be like, holy shit, like I actually got there. And I think that getting the ball rolling, it just takes that tiny step. It just takes 1% of action. What 1% of action do you have to take right now to move the needle on something that's really important to you? For me, a lot of what moves the needle right now is through people. 
It's through the right kind of partnerships. It's to people who can help me grow through reaching more people and forming partnerships together to reach more people. So at the moment, we're working on a new tool for small business owners, and it's basically hundreds of frameworks, SOPs, standard operating procedures, blueprints, things that I've learned, things that other people have learned, all put together in kind of a monthly subscription that you can go and and find things that aren't generic. Because obviously you can go to Google and you can be like, how do you start a podcast? It'll tell you, here's 10 steps to start a podcast. But if you ask me how to start a podcast, there's a lot of like magic tips in there and nuances that, you know, you just wouldn't learn from Google. You need to learn from someone. And so compiling all those things together into a tool. And so all this to say is, yes, I can do these kinds of things myself, but actually if I find the right partners and I work with someone to build this thing together and, you know, come up with different rev share models so that it's mutually beneficial, but have more brain power, more teamwork, doing these things together. Those are the kind of things that make you move faster. And I think like, of course you can do everything yourself and you can keep growing slowly, but sometimes it's like, you know what, I'd rather like find the right people, build things together, reach more people, fulfill the mission to impact thousands of small business owners, women entrepreneurs, future entrepreneurs, things like that. And yeah, go a bit faster. At what point in your journey, perhaps it was prior to the business, did you feel like you weren't going as fast as you would have liked? And perhaps that your career was a bit stagnant and that you just felt like you weren't moving forward. You know, was there ever a time that you experienced that? Because I know so many of our peers out there listening probably resonate with that. You know, and if so, how did you navigate through that time? I always feel like that. <laughs> I always feel like things <laughs> are going constant. slow. Yeah, I'm someone who I really like to take action. If I realize that something isn't working for me and isn't fulfilling me or serving me anymore, or I've gotten all I needed to get out of it, I want to change direction. I don't want to stay in things that keep me feeling unfulfilled, unhappy. And that's what I was saying about, you know, you've got to do the things that you don't like to figure out what you do like. So for example, you know, I started my career working in Australia at the Iconic, which is now, you know, known nationwide. It's a huge, huge business. But I started when it was a scrappy startup, picnic tables, internet dongles to run the business, you know, just crazy shit. And that was amazing. It was the best time of my life. It's where I started to understand what startup means, where I started to understand what entrepreneurship is, where I started to look outside my colleagues and my boss and be like, this actually isn't what I want. I want to be like those guys who are really you know, building something and doing something that they're really passionate about. And it was amazing, amazing for a few years, but then it transitioned into more of a corporate company. And I really was like, well, this isn't for me anymore. It's not fulfilling me anymore. I've gotten what I need to get out of this. It's time to change. And that's when I moved to the UK, you know, long story short, got a corporate job here. Didn't love it. (laughs) And again, was like, okay, need to change. And so I think like sometimes you feel, especially in your early twenties, My advice to anyone in their 20s is to focus on just doing things that make you feel good and and not worrying so much about the future. I was always so like not feeling content and just wanting more and wanting things to go faster and wanting to figure it out when actually it was all part of the plan. Like it's all good. I've arrived. I'm doing something that lights me up, but it takes time. And I think I was trying to always rush these things and, and kind of, you know, feeling a bit stuck and feeling a bit slow, but like all those 
you know, learnings and lessons and and different jobs and different failed projects and side hustles and whatever leads you to the thing that eventually you find lights you up and brings you joy. I love that. I so resonate with that. I want to talk a bit about the UK, Dune. You know, you're heading back to Oz next week after seven years. We were talking before the podcast about that. And I just want to talk a little bit about the decision to move and what the last seven years have been like for you on a personal, on a business front, just all the things. All the things. When I moved here, I was, you know, not sure about what I wanted to do, but I just knew that I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something that was my own, that I could put my like everything to, but I didn't know what it was. I I couldn't tell you at that time what I wanted to do. I had no freaking clue, but I, I moved here and I was working in a corporate job and it just was not for me. I'm someone who really struggles with like authority. I struggle with being told what to do. I struggle being in a box where I have to just do X, Y, and Z every single day. And so I was talking to this guy that I met and he was like, well, I mean, that sounds really shit. Why don't you quit your job and come and join me in my business? And at the time he had a startup, it was in the tech industry and he was building this cool thing, but it was bootstrapped. So he needed someone to start a content agency on the other side to fund the development of the tech. And I was like, hmm, that sounds pretty cool. Like, let's give that a go. Quit my job, joined that. That guy's now my husband. Wow. Tech business is doing really well. <laughs> and all that kind of, you, of started obviously. all because of yeah. me. No, definitely <laughs> not. I can't take any credit away from him. He's amazing. But that started the journey of figuring out what I wanted to do for myself. It gave me an introduction to building a business. You know, I remember we had like 10 people coming to our apartment every day. Eventually the landlord was like, you're going to get evicted. Like you need to stop doing what you're doing because the neighbors hate you. (laughs) But it gave us, you know, this really exciting time in our lives where we were just trying and hustling and trying to build something. But it was an introduction for me to realize like, okay, I actually want to do something on my own. This is the beginning. I've learned a lot. And then kind of transitioning out of that, like, what does that look like? And I remember I was sitting on a panel at Tech Week and I was talking about the benefits of moving from Australia to the UK, tax schemes, all this kind of stuff about this platform and this software that we were building. And I have this memory of just being like, this isn't it. This isn't what I want to do. And I had, again, that moment of like, I need to pivot away. Like I need to move in my own direction. I've realized that this has served me really, really well, but it's still not the thing. I need to kind of shift away from this and focus on like getting closer to what I want to do and what I want to do for myself. And so that's when I started my jewelry business, Kinks. It was a direct-to-consumer, sparkly, fun, you know, bootstrapped little biz. Started from the bedroom floor, seems to be a theme of mine. And had a lot of fun. I was like trying to think about, you know, what am I good at? I've come from a background of e-commerce. I love tactical products that, you know, are beautiful. I love packaging. I love all that kind of stuff. And so started building that business and it was amazing. It was one of those brands where on the outside, you know, a few years in, it was looking great. It was on all the influences. It took me to China. It took me to Thailand. We moved to Indonesia for a while. But again, I was starting to be like, I love e-commerce. I love the business side of this, but I think I chose the wrong product for me. A challenge with jewelry and fashion and these kind of things is it's 
all a lot of newness. You need a lot of trend-focused stuff. You need new collections. You need just so much development, product development. And I didn't enjoy that so much. And while I was kind of going through these feelings of like, hmm, is this for me? What should I be doing? Should I be continuing and just push through or is it that I should change? And I'm not like attached to something like I'm not like this is my baby. I need to stick with this forever. No, if it doesn't serve you anymore, move on. But I was having a lot of conversations with my girlfriends because I was thinking like, do I want to do this for one more year? Do I want to do this for five more years? Is this something that I can see myself doing for 10 more years? And the answer was always no. And so I was talking to a lot of my girlfriends around like, how are you hiring? What kind of money are you putting in? Where do you get money from? Like all these kind of interesting conversations that I was privy to. And whether it was in, you know, someone from the tech industry or someone from e-commerce or a consultant or a service provider. And I was having all these conversations and they were just so amazing that I was like far out. Like imagine if I shared these with other people and that's kind of what led me to Female Startup Club. And it was very organic. It absolutely had no intention of being a business. I didn't think that I could turn it into anything. I was just doing it as an outlet for myself because I wanted to understand what I should do with my D2C brand. And just through trying and seeing how it goes and testing things, you know, Female Startup Club was essentially born. And really early on, I was like, this is so cool. This really lights me up. I love talking to women about how they've become successful. What is their blueprint for success? How have they done it? What's the money piece? What does that look like? What are the mistakes you've made? What can we learn from you? And, you know, just spending time with people who want to give back to other women, as you know, it's so powerful. When I was in school, I didn't have anything like this. But now with the change of like internet and social media and like all these things, you can impact so many people on such a big level. And I just really started to see early on that this was something that was like what I wanted to put all my time towards and like how could I turn it into a business? And that's how it started. Oh, Dune, wow. Your story is just, I was just digesting all of that as I'm sure all of our peers <laughs> out there listening were. It's absolutely fascinating. And I think something that stands out for me was just your ability to just go all in. And I think that's something that, especially these days with this idea of side hustle and everything and, you know, do a million things at one time and you're always on your phone and then you're always distracted. I just feel like this idea of focusing on one thing and going all in is just quite rare. How can we get better at focusing on things that we really care about and going all in despite how scary hard it may be? Oh, gosh, it is really hard, but like – you have to train yourself to get better at focus. It really is a superpower. I think like practically there are steps you can take to kind of make sure that you're keeping on track, whether it's like having a goal, you know, breaking down the exact steps you need to take to get there and then just like working your way through that checklist, you know, day in, day out, chip away, chip away. I think it's like an ever-evolving thing trying to remain really focused. But I think it's just every day, like having a little bit of a reminder, like just focus on the things that are keeping you moving forward. Do take action, do the things that step you forward in the right direction and try to, I'm not saying like close yourself off and just knuckle down because actually I think that you should still do all the things, live your life, have a healthy balance, but try and just keep in the lane that you want to be in. Don't try and do all the things because it's impossible. Figure out what your channels are to grow double down on those channels to grow and just kind of like go in the one direction. 
laser, laser focus. Laser focus, but laser I'm still focus. getting good at it. I was literally about to say the same thing. I struggle with it so much. I think it's just, it's that thing that you know you have to do to move your business forward and to push your life forward, really. But at the same time, I think, you know, we're just, we're almost not made in that way, or at least our generation, we're just so not that vibe. But I think. 100%. It's so easy to be like, oh, like the other day I was talking to my amazing woman that works for me, Josephine. Mm. I was like, let's look into Pinterest. Like we should start Pinterest. And then I was like, you know what? We shouldn't start Pinterest right now. We should just keep doing what we're doing. That's a distraction. Don't put your brain power over there. Just stick with what we're doing really well right now. Let's think about that in the future. Let's keep it in our back pocket. But you've got to catch yourself in those moments and kind of be like, oh, like, yes, of course we want to do Pinterest. Of course we want to add that as a channel. But do we have the capacity? Like, are we able to build a workflow that actually makes sense that we consistently can add to that account every day or every week or whatever it might be so that it actually works? Or are we going to like attempt to do it, do it really poorly, try and stick it out for a couple of months and then realize like that was a whole waste of time and we could have used our effort and our brain power and our resources to just triple down on what we're doing really well already. Mm. It's so, so true. At what point for you in your journey did you feel like you had to triple down onto one specific channel or medium or whatever it may be and for our peers out there listening who feel overwhelmed by all of the different mediums, what would be your advice to us? So a really great example of when I haven't stayed focused is when I first started Female Startup Club, it was to learn to figure out my D2C jewellery brand. But that kind of kept in my mind that I was still going to start another D2C brand. The whole vibe was still to build an e-commerce company. I was learning from e-commerce owners. I was going to put those learnings and lessons into my own brand because I have the blueprint now. I've interviewed 400 people, 400 people who have built seven, eight, nine figure, you know, businesses who have sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, great, amazing. And so last year I started embarking on this mission of creating a non-alc wine company. We went through a year's worth of R&D. We built an amazing brand. We had all the things in place. And at some point, well, end of last year, we went through, you know, some personal stuff. My grandma died. My husband's dad died. And it forced us to reassess where we were in the journey and if we wanted to continue doing this. And we were like, you know what? We've probably invested like 20K or something into it. We were about to place our first minimum order and that was going to cost us another 100K. And we were like, you know what? We've invested a year's worth of time and some capital, but I think it's better to cut our losses now, move on. We've shifted in a place where like we've had a lot of personal stuff going on. But I was like, this is taking away focus from Female Startup Club. And Female Startup Club at that time was just starting to really pick up pace. And I was like, I don't know how I would do two businesses. I just don't know how I would do both. And I really love what I'm doing. And this is taking time away from it. And I'm going to have to double down on that. So like hard decision to make, did it. But actually it was amazing because it just, again, laser focus back to Female Startup Club, so much more time, brain power, all that kind of stuff. So that's the story of a time where I had to make a decision and it kind of put me back on track. But my advice to people is absolutely today, tomorrow, start a TikTok account. TikTok is the absolute like place right now. It's early Instagram, 2016 days. You have every opportunity to grow, to go viral, to build community. And that should just be the focus 
of everyone right now, every small business owner, every creator, everyone who wants to have a voice, just triple down on TikTok. Never been a better time. That's my advice. <laughs> we've got to get on it. We've, we've got to make that happen. No. Start it's, tomorrow. It's, Start today. <laughs> Start today. There you go. Straight after this podcast. <laughs> yes. No, it's just such valuable, such valuable advice, Dune. I want to talk a bit about letting go of things that no longer serve you. You know, you mentioned that this brand that you were building, oh my goodness, it was all happening. Like, wow, but then all these personal things came up and I'm so sorry to hear about your losses. How do we get better at letting go of a path of something that we've invested time in, energy, perhaps it's a career, you know, how do we get better at just following our intuition and our gut on things? I think for me, like I said earlier, I'm someone that likes to take action. So if I realize something is happening, I like to kind of lean into it, you know, take the action that I need to serve me better. With the with the brand, the non-alk wine company that we were building, it was just a really clear feeling. I was just feeling like there was like a resistance. And I think if you can feel this resistance inside of you where you're like, oh, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I actually want to give more time to that. Like, then you can kind of just listen to yourself and be like, oh, ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling like this? Is it because I'm super challenged? Is it because I actually don't want to do it anymore? Is it because, you know, I'm, I've gone in the wrong direction? Like, listen to what your intuition and your gut is telling you and question yourself, maybe write it down, talk about it, put it out there, and then kind of make a plan to move forward. I think when you feel resistance for anything, whether it's in, you know, a relationship or whether it's in a business or whether it's in your career where something is just like you're just pushing against a wall, ask yourself, question it, and then figure out whether you should move away. What's something that you recently had to move away from? The non-alc was a really big one. That was something that, you know, a year's worth of time, a year's worth of development. We developed a really cool product. But in the end, aside from the personal aspect, which was really driving how we were feeling about it, you know, the numbers didn't make sense. Non-alc is such an interesting category because it doesn't have alcohol in it, but it takes more steps to get it back to being non-alc. But the consumer doesn't know that and doesn't expect to pay more for it. They expect to pay less. And so in the end, we developed this amazing product, but the the money side of things and the numbers just didn't add up, especially for the consumer. And I started feeling like I wouldn't buy this. And it was actually a really easy decision, to be honest. It was, it was hard getting there. But then when I got there and was like, I don't think we should do this anymore. My husband was also like, I agree. I think this isn't it after all that. So, so interesting. And what is it like? Something I always wonder, I mean, my parents are in business together and have been for 30 years. But what's cute. it like? It's so <laughs> cute. They're the best, honestly. No words. Mum's listening. Hey, mum. Thank Shout you for listening. I know. Cute. God bless her. But for everyone else listening, what's it like working with your partner? And, you know, you did it from right day dot with the initial company in tech and then circled back with non-alc and then, you know, obviously now he's your partner in life as well. Like, you know, what's it like and how do you navigate through that with your relationship? Oh my gosh. He Mm. is just such a star. We have absolutely loved working together and we're so lucky that we get to share our goals, that we get to really understand what each other wants from life, wants from business, wants for like, you know, our future. 
And I think that, you know, for us, because our relationship started from the beginning of that kind of working relationship, we've known nothing else. So it's really hard if we have to like be away from each other a lot or if one of us is traveling or something like that because we're so used to being day-to-day very involved with each other's businesses, very involved with each other's life. But the dynamic is amazing. I'm able to have someone who can give me brain power, give me advice, give me support, help me build my business. Like he can do all of that and vice versa for his business. I don't know. It's just so amazing. I just, I highly recommend it. I'm so pro, (laughs) like if you have a dynamic where, and it doesn't work for everyone, right? Like sometimes it can be too hard or Mm. too challenging and, and it's not the right vibe. But if you can build a life where you're able to really be connected and kind of sharing these goals and these milestones and these projects together it is so much fun Mm. we just have so much fun we get to hang out all day you know love of my life best friend it's like business partner business partner like it's so cool a lot of people can go off to you know work every day and they don't see their partner all day and maybe they don't even know what that person's doing all day like you spend a lot of time at work spend a lot of time like working towards something and like that's odd to me I'm like don't you want to know like what what they're working on, like what those projects are, like what they're putting all their time and their heart and their soul into? Like I, I really I think it's a very I'm a fan. On, I love that. <laughs> Such an entrepreneur thing as well. Like, what do you do? What's your soul? You know, <laughs> everything you do, how are you feeling about your job? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. which I love that about us. I love that. Oh, dude, we could talk for days. I've absolutely loved this convo. But Me I am too. mindful of your time. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I am glad. This is your first in-person mm-hmm. podcast after yep. 400 episodes. Oh, yep. my goodness. You have made it. I've got two final questions to ask you. Shoot. Before I do, I'd love to just take a moment to acknowledge you, Dune, for the incredible work that you've done and that you're doing. You know, you were recently acknowledged as the Australian Young Achiever of the Year here in the UK, which is just absolutely massive. And I fully, fully resonate with you and what you do. And I know so many others do. And so thank you for showing us, in particular us young, ambitious women, that we can go out there and chase our dreams and make it happen, even if it doesn't look pretty, even if the journey is tough. And for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Of course. Gosh. Of course. All, all emotional over here. That's oh, such, such a kind thing to say. Thank you so much. Of course. It's been such a joy. <laughs> and the second last question is, what are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? So three pieces of advice that I can give. Number one is definitely focus yesterday, today, tomorrow on building your personal brand. In today's world, it actually really does matter. It matters to have a network. These are the people who 10 years down the track might change your life. And that's something I experience all the time. People who I worked with at the Iconic popping into my inbox with something or, you know, I'm launching this tool in partnership with this amazing founder. Her name's Tash. Her agency is called Word of Mouth Collective. We're doing this thing together. And, you know, we met in like 2011, 2010. You know, we've known each other for a long time. Building your network and your online presence is so important, especially your TikTok. 
I am just out here being like, get yourself on TikTok, whatever it is that you can talk about every single day ongoing for the next five years, get on there and start putting your voice out there. It can be really icky. It can be embarrassing. It takes practice to get good in front of the camera and be kind of like on screen and figure out, you know, how to move and like what your voice sounds like and all these awkward things that you just don't know until you practice. A good tip there is to like create 50 drafts. Don't even put the pressure on yourself to post them. Just get good at it. Save them in your drafts. When you're ready, start posting. But like start creating your online presence. Start a TikTok account. Start putting your thoughts on LinkedIn. Build a network. Build a community. It's so important, especially in today's world, especially for the day that you start a brand. If you have already built thousands of people excited about what you're up to, I mean, it's just crazy. So that's my number one piece of advice. I think my second piece of advice would be when you do decide to start a brand or if you are dreaming of starting a company, make sure the product's good. A lot of times people can put something subpar out and of course over time iteration, you know, pivoting, all this kind of stuff plays into it and and it gets better. But Make sure that your product has word of mouth inherently built into it. It needs to be so great that someone will buy it a second time, will buy it a third time, will subscribe and be a paying member ongoing. It needs to be so good that you will text your girlfriends in a group chat and be like, holy shit, this product just changed my life. The world is saturated. Every industry is so saturated. Now it's just not good enough to put something out that's subpar. If you go to the store and you buy a drink that you're like, what the heck is this? And you put it down, like what a wasted opportunity. That person like essentially acquired you as a customer, didn't deliver, and now they've lost you. Waste of money. So make a good product. Make sure that it's got word of mouth inherently built into it. Third piece of advice It doesn't matter how old you are, but if you're in your early 20s, start a side hustle. Doesn't need to be the thing. Doesn't need to be the idea, but just start because you learn a lot of skills by doing. So whether that's understanding like how to sell, being an entrepreneur is being able to sell your vision. It's being able to talk about your vision, talk about your mission, get people on board with what you're doing to buy your products. So understanding that piece of the puzzle or understanding product development or understanding supply chain, like whatever it might be you know, side hustle, figure it out as you go. Maybe that's not the thing that you do next year, but you still learn as you go. So I would just say, yeah, start a side hustle. (laughs) Start that side hustle. Mm -hmm. I love it. Such, such good advice. Well, thank you so much, June. It's been absolutely awesome. Honestly, being part of our London podcast during your final day or second last day in the UK, something like that has been absolutely awesome so thank you so much thank you of course and our final question is how we finish every episode of the peers to peers podcast and that is what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about is waking up every day and just feeling great like yes entrepreneurship anything in life has ups and downs shit days good days, highs, lows, but feeling good and feeling content that you're doing the thing that you were meant to do. Like what you don't want is life is so short. What you don't want is to get to some point in your life, end of your life and look back and be like, I regret not trying. I regret not going after the thing that I really wanted to do because when you're in, you know, a nine to five or whether you're in a toxic business or whatever it might be, if you're kind of 
stuck and not pursuing your dream, you've lost. You really need to enjoy the day-to-day. You need to feel fulfilled. You need to do the things that light you up. And that is so valuable. Like people shouldn't take that feeling for granted. And of course, I'm not saying like go out there and quit your job. Actually, that's another piece of advice that I always give people. Don't quit your job. Don't quit your nine to five. Invest your salary into your side hustle. Invest your time into your business. I'm not saying like go and make drastic changes, but still, you know, try to get closer to what your vision of your life is because it's possible. Every founder starts from the same place. It's just an idea, but they put their time, they put their money, they put their brain power, they put their support networks into this little tiny idea that starts to grow and starts to become something. And, you know, you can have this huge business when you look back that's impacted so many people and like changed the world. How cool is that? So the value is really big. (laughs) Infinite. It's infinite, yes. I love it, Dune. Thank you so much again. What a chat. What a chat. And safe (laughs) travels back to Oz. Thank you. I'm excited for us to hang out in Bondi. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.